Hello you lovely lot, welcome back to another episode of the We Are TGF Gaming Podcast. Gamester here and I am your host. If you like what you hear, by all means hit the follow button so you never miss out when I upload next. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello my friends and welcome back to another episode of the We Are TGF Gaming Podcast. My name is Gamester and I am your host for today. And today is going to be a good one because it's all about the Sea of Thieves. And we are honoured to have a very special crew. They who sail together will stay together and will also slay together. And one person... The lady of the group, you already know, you already love her. I am, of course, talking about Chrissy. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Gamestar. It's great to have you back on. It's good to be back. But this time you are not alone. I'm not. I'm your friends. Yeah, you brought (laughs) your crew with you. So, without further ado, let's introduce these absolute legends. First and foremost, a person you've heard about quite a lot but never had a chance to talk to, Ozzy. Hello, mate. Hello, Gamester. How are you? I am great. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And, of course, no crew would be complete without another wingman in the form of Surge or Surge for short. Hello, Surge. Hello, Gamester. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you on and get to know you properly because I haven't really spoken to you before. The pleasure's all mine. I'm very happy to be here. That's great. Now, of course, my friends, for anyone listening to this, if you want to be a guest, if you want to tell us a story, or you just want to have one of your questions read out live on the next episode of the podcast, you can do so by getting in touch. There is two ways you can do that. First off, you can send me an email at the address wertgf at gmail.com. That's wertgf, or one word, at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can use the link and send us an audio question, which will be played live on the next episode of the podcast, and you can have your own voice heard. Whatever you want to tell us, whatever you want to ask us is always welcome. And if you want to check out my socials, you can do so by following the links in the description. That is where I will be putting all the links that you need and letting you know what the next theme is going to be and who is going to be on the podcast with me. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, Chrissy, for those people who don't know who you are, even though we do... Do you want to give us a little bit of info about you and what you do? Okay, well, everyone who knows me calls me Chrissy. For those who don't know me, my name's Empress Chrissy. I'm a Twitch streamer, a gamer, for life, always. And of course, my... of course. <laughs> and of course, as all the TGF know me, the Queen of the Seas. Yep. Yeah. So I, I stream usually Thursday through to Saturday each week. Uh, we used to primarily stream Sea of Thieves, but we've moved into a little bit of Fortnite. Keep that on the down low, though. Yeah. It's like a guilty pleasure at this point, isn't it? 
kind of. But no, Sea of Thieves is always, has always been and always will be uh, my main game. Because it's awesome. Let's, let's have it right. It's a bloody awesome game and I absolutely adore it. Yep. Right, Serge, what about you, mate? <laughs> uh, for those who uh, don't know me, my full name is Aki Serge, though my friends all call me Serge. I'm a variety streamer on Twitch, uh, as well as sometimes doing artwork and music. And at the moment, currently very addicted to Sea of Thieves, thanks to the help of Empress Chrissy and Ozzy. Yeah, she did exactly the same for me. <laughs> oh, she's good at it. She's very yeah. good at it. She was the reason I started playing it in the first place. <laughs> so I'm forever thankful because, yeah, I was just enveloped into this beautiful a little, world. A little meme that we have in our streams is whenever Chrissy would enter the chat, we'd go, praise the Empress Chrissy. <laughs> and um, that's, a, that's a joke that's kind of stuck around for as long as I've known the group <laughs> yeah i yeah. think i'm gonna start saying that <laughs> praise, praise the, the queen praise the queen she's here <laughs> everyone bow down <laughs> and what about you ozzy what what do you do so unfortunately i don't stream but i'm always helping streamers out in multiple games uh, mainly cfds obviously with chrissy and serge Best model um, on the squad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a sort of behind the scenes to help keep the boat going. <laughs> oh, right, so you're that guy, the guy that everyone relies on. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> but I've seen you going all in and attacking as well. You're pretty fucking good at it. Um. I'm, yeah, I can do multiple tasks on the boat, that's for sure. Um, I usually don't like leaving the boat. I usually try to defend the boat myself and everyone else can go off and do their own thing on the other ships. No one gets on Aussie's boat. Well, yeah. Well, that's all about being a good crew, isn't it? Everyone having their own specific jobs and having usually that one sailor that can flutter between all the different jobs that need doing. Absolutely. I try and be that guy, the one... I don't repair that often, unless I'm solo sleeping, which I do quite frequently. I kind of like the challenge of that. You have to do all the repairs, you have to fire the cannons, you have to do the sails, you have to steer the boat, you have to even stop boarders, you have to be the one that boards. Yeah, I kind of like the challenge behind that. Not so easy if you're on a brigantine or a galleon, though. <laughs> right. So now we know who you are, now we get to find out what kind of crew you are. Now there are different crews that I have seen on the Sea of Thieves many, many times. Some of them, I've made the distinction before, some crews you will find will stay away from your boat as much as they possibly can and all they will do is just fire border after border after border and they'll just keep on doing it constantly. Then you've got the other crews that will do no boarding, but will constantly stay on their boat all the time. And then you've got people like me, who will try and do a mixture of the two. So what kind of crew are you three? 
I guess it sort of depends on the situation, um, being completely honest. Like, you sort of gauge what crew you're fighting and, and go from that way. Like, if they're a crew of boarders, then naval's the best way to, um, would be the best way to beat them. But if you, you know, if they're a naval crew, then boarding would be the best way. So, like, it really depends on who you're fighting, in my opinion. Well, I know you've got come up against some quotation pro players <laughs> haven't you and you've you. <laughs> managed yeah you've managed to handle yourselves really well and actually get the win at the end yeah a few times so what are your guys process when it comes to starting a battle with somebody i honestly i think it's all about timing um you want to get a good rotation happening with your ship and trying to keep out of their cannonball shots, trying to get up their stern of their boat so you're on the outer outer turn of the circle. So I'm trying to maintain shots for my crew and keep out of the other crew's shots. And yeah. then obviously once, once their ship is starting to suffer, then we'll start sending somebody over to the ship to, to make them even sweat harder. Well, I've seen the way that you three work together. So is there any particular jobs that you do? Now, I know, Chrissy, you're really good at the boarding, but you're also really good at getting your your boat in the position where you can do the most damage. So is that your role? So my role primarily is um, offense. So like, I will do most of the boarding i will always be on the front cannon um firing so that's sort of my role and where i'm needed like if i needed to go repair or go take a bucket or you know sort of you sort of float or sort of the front of the ship is sort of yours if the anchor goes down it's sort of my job to raise it like all that sort of stuff yeah and what about you serge what's your job within this crew i suppose the best description would be a bit of a freelancer i think with our crew in particular, it all comes down to communication of the situation. So say we are attacking someone who has been attacking us. Uh, Chrissy might take the role as a boarder and I might help Ozzy adjust the sails so that we can get a, a decent speed or patch up if we've been attacked. Uh, I'd like to kind of have that openness to go wherever is needed for the crew. Yes, yeah, so you, like Chrissy was saying, you go where you're needed depending on the situation at hand absolutely it all comes down to communication i think because we all meld together so well we can almost practically do an entire board almost be it like we just yeah. know each other it's so well each other's that... heads, it's crazy exactly, exactly. yeah complete synchronization like we were just then <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what about you ozzy what's your primary job so anyway that doesn't know me, um, it's obviously the helm. It's to steer that boat and keep it in the best position possible. Also um, defending, uh, ladder defending, trying to stop the boarders boarding the ship is, is my main job. So yeah. that was something I wanted to ask you. Tactics. What is like the the first two or three tactics that you love to use because there's a lot of tactics to do like using the harpoon turn using the tower strat 
uh, stopping people boarding with blunder bombs and things like that. So what are your favorite strategies to use? Um, I really like getting the, the rotation happening, as I said before, like um, getting the ship in position so that they don't have shots on me and I'm trying to hold shots on them so they can't get shots on, on our ship. Um, Any other further tactics that you other guys like to use? We occasionally, we, we very, harpoon turns, but we very rarely will drop an anchor. We don't like doing that at all. Um, cause they can put you in a worse situation too quickly. Yeah, you need a little bit of distance on the other ship if you want to do an anchor turn or something. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's normally the bigger ships you use an anchor turn, like a galley. If you want to turn a galley very quickly, you'd use the anchor. So yeah. I take it that you three like to go reapers quite a lot. We used to. We, yeah. um, primarily Before now I... we're... <laughs> That's right, you got Chrissy. I was like, primarily, like, since we started um, crewing up with Surge, we've been trying to get his uh, his levels and his grades um, done for all of, like, his trading companies. So at the moment, we're in the middle of an Athena grind. Ah, right. Yes, I have yeah. still not managed to level out my Athena. Oh, I, um, it's a challenge. Yeah, I've got the three basics. So I've got Merchant, I've got Gold Order, and I've got the Order of Souls. I've got all of them maxed out. I've not done all the commendations for them, but I've got them all maxed out. That's fine. I think Hunter's Call can go suck a dick, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I, if I wanted to go fishing, I'd buy a rod and I'd go down to the local lake. Just, oh, yeah, it does my head in. I don't want to be ferrying around fucking chickens and pigs. <laughs> when it came to Hunter's Call, as soon as I got to level 20 and got the first promotion, that's exactly where I left it. I was like, yeah, screw this for a jack. Yeah. It's like, I love the fact that it's a sandbox and you can sail around as much as you want and just have that tranquil piece of just letting yourself get enveloped with the world and being proper immersed into it but then it's broken up with just chaos and i love that about certain games do it really well and i think sea of thieves is one of those games it's it's that kind of game that you play where it's really beautiful it's stunning to look at and then all hell can break loose in an instant without you even realizing and all of a sudden it's high octane and everything on the line i i love that about games so what is it i will go with you first ozzy what is it about sea of thieves that just keeps you coming back for more what would it be? I, I really liked the adventures that was in it when I first started playing. And when I first started playing Sea of Thieves, I did not know a single person that in uh, real life that actually played the game. So making the friends friends amongst the sea was um, really good too. I really enjoyed making friends with all different people. Um But yeah, the, the, the adventure side of it, the storyline is, is, is pretty good. Would you include Tall Tales in that as well? Yeah, definitely the Tall Tales. I've completed all of that. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're yeah. rocking the Gold Curse, obviously. Yes, yeah, so I've definitely got the Gold Curse. Don't put it on as much anymore, but yeah, 
That was something I'd done early in the piece in the uh, probably two years ago. I'd that done the Gold Coast. That was before I even met you, Aussie. That was before I had the Gold Coast before I met Chrissy. And then Chrissy yes. saw the Gold Coast and went like, me and you need to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> probably. That's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Serge? I believe that you've not been playing it as long as Chrissy and Aussie, so you're more of a, a new-ish player. What is yeah, I'd say that's fair. What is it that sort of captured your attention? Because you've obviously not been playing it since day one. So, what is it that brought you to the game and has kept you coming back for more? I've sort of been playing the game on and off for years. I bought it around about 2017, but honestly, didn't get much uh, time a day. Uh, I used to be hell bent on the treasure side of it, the classical pirate. But as of recently, giving the game some proper attention and seeing everything that goes into it, I think it's the commendations and the story that is starting to involve me a lot more. Like, I find myself asking questions about the story to uh, Chrissy and to Ozzy and just wanting to know more. You like the lore, then? Yeah, I'm really starting to get into the lore. I'm not good at it by any means, but I feel the more questions I ask, like Empress and um, Ozzy are both textbook encyclopedias on this thing, and I love yeah. their interpretations of it. I've noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> One stop see a thief shop. That's yeah. it. <laughs> For everything else, I go to Captain Falcor, so that's an honourable <laughs> mention to him because he doesn't do. When Fuzzy Bond uploads videos to his YouTube, he does tutorials, he does tips and tricks, or he just uses his own gameplay to sort of say, look, this is how I defeated this ship. I have gone to Chrissy because of the exact same thing, except that's in real time. So I sailed with Chrissy, and she was one of the very first, I think, bits of advice you gave me, Chrissy, was you don't need to anchor Yep, I remember coming into your chat and saying that because I, I clicked on your chat, and yeah. as soon as I as soon as it loaded, you were dropping the anchor. I remember going, "Don't do that! <laughs> yeah. Don't ever do that!" Raise <laughs> your like, sails why? and then glide to a stop. Yep, <laughs> and I've given that same advice on now. So it's like I have also passed on the wisdom to other people. The wisdom I've got from you, the wisdom I've got from Fuzzy, I've passed on to other people. But back to my initial point, Captain Falcor, he does completely different content. When you watch one of his videos, it's all about the law. And I think it was you, Chrissy, that first put me onto why the mermaids are there and the sirens and who they actually are and the story behind the king and the queen. And that was the one bit that got me thinking, hang on there's actually a story behind what I'm doing here and it just fleshes out the world a whole lot more would you agree with that yeah 100% it really does and like that's why I love playing Sea of Thieves and the, the game in general the lore the story even the music the music tells its own story which is separate from from the lore which I find really interesting as well um, we shall sail together yeah that's just it's amazing and I think they've done a fantastic job with... There's no other game like it. Yeah, there really isn't. 
Well, we will be coming to a couple of honourable mentions later in the podcast, Skull and Bones being one of them, because that does actually look pretty damn good, but we will get to that. Now, of course, with you all playing Sea of Thieves and getting this friendship, it, I wanted to touch upon the community when, at large when it comes to Sea of Thieves. I've been playing it for just under a year now, on and off, because I'm kind of addicted to Dragon Quest at the moment. <laughs> I am I've going, <laughs> yeah, I keep going back to it over and over again. It is that one game that just, it's almost like I've got a siren behind me going, come this way, gamester, this way. And it keeps dragging <laughs> me back to the game every single time. So with that said, you have obviously got this friendship born out of a passion for the Sea of Thieves. And like I said in the last episode with Fuzzy, I have never known a community like the Sea of Thieves community. Yes, there are toxic people who just get you thinking you're just a disgusting human being. You shouldn't be playing games, you're ruining the experience for everyone else. But on the flip side, I have never met more people on any other game that I have just had my heart warmed when I've met them. People I've tried taking out initially have come over to us and gone, nice try. And I've gone, I nearly had you. And they've gone, yeah, yeah, you have. But happy sailing and all this. And it's just been GGs all around. So what part of the community orientated part of Sea of Thieves do you love the most? Is it the same as me or is there other things that you absolutely adore? Like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, you do get the occasional person that is um, is toxic and gets very cranky if you think them. Um, but yeah, usually most times it's pretty pretty everyone's happy about it and, and they're um, everyone seems to get along and, and, and communicate very well with each other that I find on our servers. What about you, Serge? I think one of the most eye-opening experiences for me is that Sea of Thieves is the type of game where I can walk up to a crew member and as long as they've got microphones as well or they can hear my microphone, I can have a conversation with some of the pirates. Like, I think it was only a few weeks ago, I just... Uh, rode the cannon onto an island where a ship already was the rest of the crew hightailed it and i was just having a conversation with the pirate and like it was a great experience because i don't think there are many other games that allow you to kind of not even just role play but just talk with other people and what about you chrissy yeah i um i tend to agree with you game so i i like fighting no well, i mean not fighting people but going back and you know giving the crews if we get sunk you know a ggs or if it's someone we know like we're not going to turn around and not fight them at all it's you know we'll fight them and if we sink we sink we'll just go back and chat to them after like that's the kind of gameplay i i like and prefer of course you do like ozzy said get those few crews that are toxic and just don't want to buy of it especially if they lose but i guess you live and you learn you know if they don't want feedback then they don't they don't get feedback i guess but yeah, it just uh, sort of depends on, on the situation and the crew that you're up against. Well, for me personally, it wasn't that long ago that 
I was being a reaper and somebody decided to come and have a pop at me. I was solo sleeping at the time. And this was all, both of these occasions that I'm going to say were both in the same stream, the same play session. And they came at me while I was doing one of the sea forts and I saw them coming and I thought, oh, if they come closer, I'll be able to ask them if I can just fire one cannonball at them from the sea fort and I can get my commendation done for it. And they got closer, before I even had a chance to open my mouth, they started just spamming cannonballs at me. So I fired back at them, dropped their mast, sunk them. One of them jumped off and came onto the seaport and started trying to stalk me. While I, he was doing that, I was getting my boat circling the fort, and they brought their ship back. I then proceeded to sink them again which is when the barrage of just toxicity started coming at me, calling me a hacker, saying that I had aimbots, and I was like, no, guys, you just, you're bad at the game, you just need to practice. And they wasn't having any of it. But then, after I sunk them twice, I tried looking for them to give them a GG's and just say, look, you, there's no need to be like that, and they already signed out the server. Not only that, but half an hour later, just as I was about to sign out, I was just finishing selling everything to Reapers, and I had a ship coming around to try and attack. I jumped under the water with a keg. I was about to blow them up. They shot the keg and blew me up. Then I came back to my ship, and they said... <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't want to fight you, but at the end of the day, you were coming at us with a keg. And I went, yeah, I was trying to be sneaky. And he went, I don't blame you, I would have done the same. And I went, well, thanks for that. And he went, no, GG's. It's great that you're actually talking. And I went, right, well, you can have all my supplies. They became a friend. And now I've got them on my friends list, and we do sail together occasionally. That's yeah, that's the, how it works. That's the kind of people you want to be. So... The reason I'm telling both of them stories is for anyone listening. Don't be the first, guys. Be the second group that I saw. Just because someone takes you out, it's called Sea of Thieves for a reason. And that means naval battles. If they sink you, great. If they don't, that's also great. But make sure that you're, what's the word, gracious in defeat or humble in victory. Would you agree, agree with that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and even if you're a newer player, um, try not to stack so much loot. Uh, I'd probably sell it sell it sooner than trying to stack it all up and have a big shipload of loot if you're still learning. Yeah, I made that mistake when I started. <laughs> Just simple things like that. Then then if someone does think you, it, it's, it's a lesson, you will sink. There's 100% you will sink. Um, it, it just you only get better with time yeah and it's not one of those games that holds your hand either yeah it sort of throws you in the deep end as well especially if you skip maiden voyage like yeah. when Pun i intended. first started playing <laughs> <laughs> when i first started playing sea of thieves maiden voyage didn't even exist so you literally got thrown into the deep end for lack of a better way to say it 
Yeah. And, you know, you sort of had to work out how to do things and what controlled what and how to sail the boat. Like, it, it had nothing compared to what it does now in the way of tutorial. So new, newer players are actually quite lucky with what they have when they come into the game uh, compared to what original or, you know, day one or even year two players um, had. So... Yeah, and I I remember seeing that as well. When everyone was getting paid to try it when it first came out on day one, and everyone was trying it for the first time, everyone was saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I love the game. And that's pretty much the consensus from everybody. No one knew what they were supposed to be doing, but everybody loved just sailing and getting into battles and stuff like that. And I think that's testament to the game, because even though there wasn't a good tutorial, even though there wasn't any direction or anything like that, people just enjoyed playing. And isn't that what the game's supposed to do to begin with? Yeah, now, I agree. Here's a question for you that might be difficult, might not be. Now, Ozzy, you said you loved the tall tales, the adventures. But what is your single best thing about the game that you love above all else? The, the one thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say the people that I've met. The community. The community. I think that's a great answer. Is there any particular reason for that? Because um, we made great friendships between a lot of people I have made. Um, yeah. Including Serge and Chrissy. Including Serge and Chrissy. Yeah, most definitely. And Chrissy, what about you? What's the one thing that you love above all else on the game? Uh, tend, I tend to agree with Ozzy on that one, actually. Um, I know that without Ozzy especially, I probably still wouldn't be as in love with Suit of Thieves as I am. Uh, we were sort of it was just Aussie and I for quite a quite a long time wasn't it Aussie <laughs> probably about a, a year it would have been close to a year yeah, or just under a year close to a year yeah wasn't it um, you Aussie that got her playing on keyboard and mouse she she definitely started playing on keyboard and mouse when she was playing with me yes yeah Aussie Aussie showed me the way yeah you're a big advocate of keyboard and mouse now aren't you I am <laughs> I think I am when now I've got a bit more room because I've got a better monitor and it hasn't got a big wide base. I've actually got a little bit more room now, so I might actually try doing it myself. I it's might definitely definitely different. <laughs> I might convert to the dark side. That, <laughs> that we kind have of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and for everything else, there's always fish you can tr try and catch and cook. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you, Serge, being a newer player? Not uh, new, Sam. but, yeah, a newer player. <laughs> what is it that you love above all else? Is it the same? I feel the same, but I also want to add an extra point and say that I think the part of Sea of Thieves I love the most is being part of a crew as well. Uh, like, having a role within a ship and, like, virtually taking an opportunity to act like a pirate to go find treasure to go do quests to just be part of like a unified group and conquer the seas at your own at your own peril yeah I, there's a lot of people that love the community behind the game that's why i mentioned it earlier 
I am personally one of them as well. And like you were saying earlier as well, it's not like there's any other game out there that does the same as Sea of Thieves. There just isn't. It's original and it's unique in its own right. Absolutely. And I think that is the general pull towards it. There's never been really a pirate game before it that I can remember apart from one, and that was a top-down sort of ship-fighting thing. But that Is that was, Overlord? It could be, but it was more like a cartoonish top-down game. And you just... Yeah, you, your aim was to go and collect pickups and just fight other ships, which were all yeah. AI at the time. I'm pretty sure that's Overlord. It was like originally released on PlayStation 1, I think. Yeah, it was really far back now. Yeah. Well, I say yeah. really far back. It doesn't seem far back to me. It seems <laughs> like a few <laughs> years ago. But yeah, it, when you think about it, yeah, it's a long time ago now. Back in, I think it was 1997 that the PlayStation was released. So, yeah, I was around 17 at the time. That's a long time ago for me now. Now it... Oh, thanks. That just made me feel old. Gosh, I was three. <laughs> you was... That's made me feel even older. <laughs> thanks for that, Chrissy. Love you and everything, but fuck's sake. You think, you, think, you think that makes you feel old? Yeah. It's all right, game. So in, in 97, I was 17 as well. See, my guy, my guy. <laughs> love it. Now, that is Sea of Thieves and what we love about it. It is an absolutely amazing game. For anybody listening to this, I am going to leave a link to the game on Steam. And if you have got Game Pass, it is free for you to download and play right now. If you haven't tried it yet, please do us a favour go and try it and get in contact if you need any tips and tricks for everything else you've got fuzzy for all the lore you've got captain falcor but if you want to watch live gameplay then you can go to serge or chrissy or even myself time from time to time and we will happily help you during our streams now with that said i want to get a little bit of gaming history behind the three of you Chrissy, now we've already been through this before, but I just want you to go over it again for those people who haven't heard the previous podcast that you was on. What was your first gaming experience and why did you carry on playing? My first gaming experience, I believe I said in the original podcast, uh, was the uh, Sega Mega Drive. Iconic. And I remember, yeah. yeah, and I remember playing, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Mortal Kombat 2 or something like that. Um, Another iconic game. Yeah, definitely. I uh, wish I still had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mortal Kombat uh, has always been up there in my favourite, like, top, like, probably top five games in game series to play. So, yeah, and then progressively as i've um as i've grown up i've moved into console gaming and now ultimately the master race of pc gamer so <laughs> yeah it's called a master race for a reason and <laughs> it's like i don't know 
it's almost like dying and then realizing there is an afterlife. That's what it's like when you go from console gaming to PC gaming. You're just walking into this PC world and going, oh, it's just all angels and harps and everything. You're like, well, how did I not know about this? Yeah, 100%. I was one of those people that was like, PC gamer, I'm never going to be one of those. And now look at me. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's once you go to PC, you'll never go back to gaming on a console. Never. I can agree. It's just, and let's face it, when it comes to these new consoles and everything, once you have a PC, I think it's the setup costs to begin with that are the one that cripple you. But once you get into PC gaming and you've come from a console, then when a new console gets released and they go, oh, right, like now, and they go, oh, it's 550 quid, or for you, it's like, what, is it $800 or something? It would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. roughly. And then you look at your PC and you think, well, I can get better graphics, better frames, more options, and all I have to do is buy myself a new graphics card. And how much does the graphic card cost? Oh, $300 or something like that. And you're thinking, yeah, this is the better way to go. You just have to upgrade every now and again. And it's not like they are depreciating over six months like they used to. Now, I've got a 1060 and it's still going strong and there's no problem with it. I can still play most games, even the ones that have just been released with the 1060. I don't even need to get the most up-to-date one. So, yeah, PC gaming is just better. What about you, Serge? What was your first experience with gaming? First gaming experience for me was PlayStation 1 playing Spyro. A great game. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Uh, we had a copy of Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, though that copy got tarnished, and then I fell in love with Spyro 3, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I love them um, games. They don't do platformers like that no more. No, they certainly don't. And even the uh, the Reignited Trilogy, the re-release of uh, the entire trilogy into one set of files, it's just nostalgia lane for me. It was, It's where I'm most at home. So what made you want to carry on playing after that? You know, with different games, because that is its own kind of game and that would speak to certain people but not others. So what was it I, that got you carrying on? I think it was being surrounded by a lot of people that were passionate about gaming. Uh, like, I had friends that uh, had, like, the latest editions of games and they invited me over to their place to play games with them. I don't think I would be that interested in games if I wasn't constantly introduced to new concepts of gaming. So like when the Xbox 360 came out or the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4, I just kept seeing gaming was getting better and better every time I looked at it. And then eventually when I got a console for myself, I just fell in love with it and just delving into like different worlds, different characters, different atmospheres. I just felt like a whole new world of entertainment that I, since then, uh, have enjoyed and loved. That's a great way of starting your gaming honeymoon. <laughs> That's it. 
What about you, Ozzy? What was the very first experience for you? Probably the very first experience would have been a company named Sierra made multiple games like King's Quest, Blaze Quest, and Police Quest. Um, and that was something that I used to play back in the early day. They're more of a, a 2D, two-dimensional game when you moved a character across the map and you had to solve problems and riddles. Yeah, and I, I, I know it. <laughs> you, you know it. I, I played those games multiple times. I can nearly preach what you got to do on them. <laughs> yeah. And that's 30 years ago kind of thing. For me, my very first experience was Pong, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically two blocks as paddles on each side of the screen and a square ball bouncing off the top of the screen, the sides, and you had to stop it from going past your paddle. And it was like tennis. That's the best way I can put it. But when I first started playing proper what i would class as action games back then it was games like uh, river raid on the atari which was just a top-down scroller where you was a little airplane and you had to navigate through winding riverbeds destroying boats and refueling and that kind of thing and that was my first proper engagement with it now, we all start gaming for different reasons. For me, personally, at the time, the, I had an abusive father, so I used it as an escape. And after the abusive father was fucked off, I carried on gaming, and it became just somewhere that I loved to be. And then it developed from an escape into a passion of something that I loved doing. Now I loved to see how it was coded, I loved to see how they were created, and then I started getting into the tech side of things. And my passion has developed beyond that now. It is a proper, in every sense of the word, passion of mine. And I just love playing games of all genres of all platforms well mainly pc now but yeah i absolutely adore it so let's start with you serge what is it about gaming that made you want to keep on playing but what what for what reason was it that you actually started playing what was it that attracted you was it the art style was it an escape for you what what was it i i think it was a catalyst of many things uh for one i think it was the interactability that i had with games to start off with so having the choice to move within certain directions or to use attacks or to virtually be a character and play the story that was completely out of this world for me. And then over time, when you sort of feel that numbness, like no longer looking at it with uh, fresh eyes and seeing everything else that kind of goes into it, you start looking for bigger and better things. So, for example, I had gaming as an escape, but I also had music as an escape. And because yep, they both intertwined so well, uh music especially for me uh soundtrack games original tracks all that sort of thing just instantly uh made they worked hand in hand 
music I fell in love with more and gaming I fell in love with more because of the music it just it all works so well together and I think that's what motivated me to just love and enjoy entertainment so I think it's user experience as well as seeing unique ideas and reigniting the love like in many different ways yeah I can relate with that so much because things like as you were saying the music anyone can hear the first four or five tones of the Mario theme and instantly think that's Mario absolutely or they can hear the Green Hill theme starting for Sonic and they got that's Sonic the Hedgehog and they instantly know it's synonymous with each other and I think I mentioned it to you Chrissy before when music's done right in a game you don't really notice it but you would soon notice it notice if it was taken away because it just gels so well together and becomes a whole different thing and you could say the same about films or movies or TV or anything like that. You could watch something and you could think something's missing. And you don't realise what's missing until someone puts a backing track or an orchestra behind action or upbeat music when you're in a car chase or something like that. And you think, yeah, now it just sounds and looks great. And it just gives it more of an impact. Would you say that's kind of what you were thinking search yes absolutely it's as you were saying you don't realize what uh, is there until you take away a certain aspect i think one of my favorite forms of entertainment as well as enjoying the game for starters is seeing others interpretation of the game like putting or substituting different music or substituting different characters and such it's a uh, really yeah that is definitely what i enjoy about games the most and what about you, Ozzy? What is it that you are really passionate about when it comes to gaming? And why do you game? Um, probably the main reason I game is uh, just enjoyment. Um, it's, I find it very relaxing and the ability to be able to do multiple things or be multiple characters uh, as being a pirate or a policeman or, or a hunter or anything like that I, I just find it very relaxing as sort of a step away from the reality kind of thing you can be whatever you want to be pretty much now yeah like the meme says I don't game because I've got no life I game because I have many yeah so, absolutely so it is that kind of mentality of yeah I can be a wizard i can be a pirate i can be a cyborg ninja i can be anything i want to be through the medium of gaming yeah i i agree with that actually it's sort of like i can i can relate because pirate chrissy is different from real life chrissy no they're both legends <laughs> but i believe well, yes. you work for a game store as well so you've got slightly more knowledge than the average person, would you say? Yeah, and what they call a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been called that a few times. And I, no, it's just because I'm passionate about it, 
and I love the medium. You don't go to someone who loves rugby or football and they know about all the different subs, players and sales and stuff like that. They don't know it all because they're a know-it-all. They know it all because they're passionate about it and that is their thing. Yeah, 100%. So even though it, it can come across as being a bit sure of yourself, no, it's just because we know what we're talking about. It's as simple as that. And I'm no, I have no doubt in my mind that whatever you are into, you will know way more about that and you'll come across as a bit of a know-it-all in comparison to me. Like, I love cars, but I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing if I open that bonnet up. <laughs> I see the engine and I go, yeah, I know what each bit does, but I don't know how it fucking works and I don't know what to do to fix it if it goes wrong. But if my PC goes wrong or any kind of electrical goes wrong, I can fix it. It's simple for me, but it's like fucking Star Trek to somebody else. I get it. Right. Yeah. So here, Chrissy, you already know what question's coming next. This one is going to be quite hard for you, Ozzy and Serge. This is the question that everybody always stutters and never answers straight away because they always just have a brain fart and go, um, are you ready to hear it? Absolutely. Let's yeah. do it. Ozzy, I'm going to go with you first. What is your one single best game that has ever been created <laughs> see <laughs> I knew it every time that, that is a very hard question to <laughs> to just put an answer to exactly and it's the exact reason I ask it as well there's so many different answers to this question and every single person always goes, um, 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 uh, I, oh, actually, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it can change. It can change from, from month to month depending on what you're enjoying at the time. I mean, Ozzy, you so, went from playing Minecraft every day to playing Sea of Thieves. <laughs> yeah, and also... GTA 5M, I, I played a lot of that too. Everybody seems to like the answer of Minecraft simply because it is infinitely moddable. <laughs> so I've had a lot of people over the durations of these podcasts that have actually said, as long as it continued to be updated, I wouldn't mind living in the Minecraft world because I can mod it in any way that I want. And you've got everything that you need and you can build anything that your imagination will allow you to. So my answer is going to be Sea of Thieves. Simply because of the fact that it would have more hours put into that than probably any other game that I've played individually. Minecraft would be very close but I'd believe Sea of Thieves would have the most amount of hours played. On that on that reason, that's the reason I'm going to give Sea of Thieves. That's a good way of judging, can I say. I, for me, personally, mine's a little bit more soppy than that. I love Dead Space. 
There hasn't been a single podcast episode I haven't mentioned it because I love Dead Space. So that would be my number one. However, the one that comes a very close second, and not because of hours played or anything like that, is going to be Black Ops 2. Simply because that is how I met Pixie. I met her playing Black Ops 2, and now, in four months, no, three months' time, we are going to have been together for 10 years, known each other for 11, and I that, can't... That's I can't, very cool. That is very cool. I cannot imagine my life without her. You I met her through gaming. I did. That is so cool. That is really good. She stabbed <laughs> me in the back. Literally. <laughs> Playing TDM Hardcore, she stabbed me in the back and then giggled. <laughs> and, that sounds like Pixie. <laughs> and that was my first experience with her. Because I, <laughs> one of my old... Well, I don't even want to call him a mate because he's a bit of a knob. But one of my old mates was the one who introduced me to her. And he kept saying, yes, yeah, she's going to be joining us soon. And she joined straight into the match. And then she stabbed me. After saying, what's he called? And she went, he's called Gamester. And he went, right. She came, found me, stabbed me in the back, giggled. And then he turned around and said, I'd like to introduce you to Pixie. (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, you fucking twat. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just got on like a house on fire. So, what is it for you, Serge? You've had a little bit longer to think about it than Ozzy did. And I thank you for that because it's a very hard question. <laughs> a very interesting <laughs> question too. I'm kind of torn in between games. As Ozzy said, like it's subject to change depending on how you feel. But if I had to go buy games that I'm most passionate about, it would have to be the Soulsborne slash Ring franchise. Yes, I can understand why. Uh, it's not just the challenge factor, although I do enjoy that immensely. It's the the lore, the stories, the amount of opportunities that the game has that you don't know from like the get go. Uh, the op- like everything is kind of subject to change. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure, a game, and a challenge all in one. And I love the art style, the music, everything about it. Yeah, I think the first game of that type, even though it wasn't a Soulsborne game, because them are the ones that coined the phrase, but I think the very first one was a game way back on, I think it was the PlayStation 1, and it was called Tenchu Assassin. And it was very much a similar game. You were a ninja assassin. You had to dive on rooftops and everything like that but one hit could instantly kill you so (laughs) it was all about getting around these different levels without being seen without being caught and managing to slay everybody in sight so you felt like a proper ninja and i think that was the very first game that i can remember which was just there was no difficulty setting and it was well like i always say about the soulsborne games there's no difficulty slider because the only difficulty it has is fuck you 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I love it for it that second reason as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I. It doesn't matter how many times I've died to the other games. Give me another Soulsborne game, and I'll still die a hundred times. But I'll be having the time of my life while I do it. Yeah, there's only for me. There's only been one of the Soulsborne games that I properly spent an, any time in, and I do want to get Demon Souls and try that because I still haven't tried it. But I tried I to. I Bloodborne. I, that is just. Oh my god, that game was intense. And I lot loved of, it. A lot of people in the Soulsborne community consider Bloodborne pretty much perfection of the Soulsborne series because of the lore and the different approach that it has. I think the era that it was introduced into as well, people just absolutely love it. But I, I see what you mean. Completely different uh, ball game compared to the other uh, Elden Ring, uh, Dark Souls games that introduced in the franchise yeah the only others that i've played along that kind of play style is surge and surge 2 which i thoroughly enjoyed as well because they are so challenging the first boss in surge was my first experience with any kind of one of them games and my initial thought after dying to it about five times was this is impossible there's no way to do it and then I realised it's a big fucking mech and you've got to get up close to it and dodge <laughs> out of the way when it tries to punch the ground where you are. And you've got to do it in such perfect timing that one hit, maybe two, can absolutely obliterate you. And it's all about using your strengths, being more mobile to overcome it. And yeah, that was just... It was a new experience for me because it was forcing people that liked to button bash. Like, you could do a combo. You could press the square or the X button on Xbox three times and you could do a three-hit combo. So you press it about ten times until the combo is done. <laughs> but in the Soulsborne games and games of that nature, you cannot do that. It forces you to be methodical with your button presses or your key presses on the keyboard or whatever and it makes the game a lot more intense because one mistake can cost you it cost you everything absolutely and the sense of euphoria <laughs> the sense of euphoria you must feel after you complete a boss that you've been stuck on for days weeks months even years i've heard people have been stuck on years on bosses the sense of euphoria that you feel conquering something that by the law purposes shouldn't be conquered it just makes you feel really really good yeah i don't mind telling you when i went to the end of bloodborne i got to all i'm going to say for the people who haven't played it if you haven't played it you need to try it but when i got to the end and all i will say because i don't want to spoil it is when i got to the guy with the scythe and i did the first half of him and i thought all right, what's he mutating into? He was mutating into someone who could fuck you quite easily. <laughs> That's what he was mutating into, and it took me around, I'm not even joking, about 30 or 40 attempts to kill him. And when I did, I literally jumped up off the couch. I'm like, come on! And I started <laughs> shouting because that 
like you said, that euphoria was just immense. I finally managed to do it. And I don't think any other games give you that kind of rush at the end when you finally beat it. Absolutely, now, I agree. Serge did the, exactly the same thing when he defeated Millennia in Elden Ring. <laughs> Millennia is notorious for being an absolute shredder of a boss that also gets her health back from whatever she takes from you. Uh, so much so that there's a player in the Soulsborne community called Let Me Solo Her who does the boss for you when you summon him because people just don't want to face him, uh, face her even. But yeah, the sense of euphoria that I felt, Chrissy was in the call with me at the time. I think I almost broke my microphone, I was yelling so loud. You did, but how did you beat her? By turning down the music. Because I had the timings right, but the music was throwing me off slightly because I like to time everything with the music. Uh, but as soon as I turned the music down, I think it didn't even take me the second attempt. Uh, yeah, all, all thanks to Chrissy. Praise be the Empress and see at these and the Soulsborne community. <laughs> I'll remember that because I do want to try Elden Ring at some point. I'll remember that bit. If, if I'm struggling, turn the music down. Turn the music down, yeah. That's the... Best advice that I never knew I needed. Especially nope. if you're a muser who listens <laughs> to the music while he's fighting. <laughs> yeah. Now, Chrissy, I cannot for the life of me remember what your choice was. Uh, I don't know. Has it changed? That's the question. What is I your number know. one? Uh, number one is always, I'm going to keep my title, Queen of the Seas, Sea of Thieves, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, no, Sea of Thieves is, is always, like, since I started playing it, and for the foreseeable future, it will always be a big part of my gaming, um, lifestyle, I guess is how you would say it. Um, because yeah. there's no, there's no Chrissy without, uh, you know, Pirate Chrissy, and then there's no Pirate Chrissy without Aussie and Surge, so, sort of a, a three-piece deal, you know? Yeah, and they do say when you find your crew, you know, the crew that you love the most, then that's it. You're together and there'll be very, very little rig wriggle room for anybody else. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you can come on. I, I will sail with you. Really? Yeah, but that's only because Serge isn't sailing with me tonight. <laughs> that kind of thing. Or Aussie, as the case might be. Now we are going to go back to Sea of Thieves and we're going to go right up to date because as people may or may not know, as we record this, it is Thursday the 30th of June and today a very special adventure goes live revolving around Merrick going missing. Now I have got the information that I'm just going to read out and then we're going to get your personal opinions on it. For anyone who doesn't know, the new adventure is called The Forsaken Hunter. As we all know, the last adventure was all about saving the Golden Sands outpost. Or you could have gone against it, but the Hunter's Call lost the battle and golden sands was saved 
So this is what Rare have to say about it. It's fair to say that Merrick, determined hunter of the hungering one, has been the talk of every tavern in recent days. The grizzled old salt was brought out of retirement by Belle during the events of the Shrouded Deep Adventure, becoming embroiled in a perilous quest to help slay the most elusive sea monster of them all. Unsurprisingly, chasing megalodons across the high seas soon rekindled Merrick's desire to be where the action is. He set sail once again and arrived at the Golden Sands outpost, which had been left to rot in the wake of Captain Flameheart's destructive ambitions, in order to champion its restoration. So began the Lost Sands, and after a tense tug of war with the outpost's fate in the balance, Merrick and his friends, not to mention the countless pirates who joined, joined his cause, was able to drive away the agents of the Reaper's Bones, and began a new era of prosperity at Golden Sands. Why, then, has the victorious hunter not been seen in recent days? Examining Merrick's recent activities may provide some insights. Now, the hunter recalled. Barely had Merrick set a peg leg on his favoured sea post, however, before he was drawn away on some new journey, and this time not even Lorena's bilge rats can divine his exact whereabouts. There are those who suspect he's fallen back into bad habits and will turn up in a grog-fueled stupor sooner rather than later, though others are more concerned about his foul play preventing his return. Have Merrick's recent successes brought about his own undoing? Is he simply taking a well-deserved vacation, or are there more nefarious forces at work? It's true that in the wake of Lost Sands, Merrick has made new enemies eager to take revenge upon a pirate who may, many consider to be the pillar of the community. For all we know, you may be even among their number. Still, there's no question that the Sea of Thieves owes Merrick dearly. Soon, Lorena will be entreating pirates to settle that debt and see if they can bring the heroic hunter safely home. You will be able to join her search and discover the truth behind the fateful disappearance for yourself when the Forsaken Hunter launches on the 30th of June, a maritime manhunt that lasts until the 14th of July. Mark the date carefully, it may just save Merrick's skin. So, that's the general setup as by, written by Rare themselves. What do we think? Are you looking forward to the new adventure? I think all the adventures so far have been really good and they've sort of slotted right in one after the other. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see where this one goes and whether or not we have the, the chance to either save or potentially lose Merrick as a character, which would be sad for, for the game because he's so well written into the lore um, as a big part of it. So it'll be interesting to see the outcome. Yeah, I agree, and judging off the trailer as well, seeing Merrick as a, well, damned, and as a spirit, it was very, very interesting to me, because I believe I wasn't there for his introduction into the game and the lore, but I think that Rare have done a fantastic job 
by adding these adventures, making it community driven as well, to give a lot more substance to sailing on the seas. Because before yeah. it was a case of what we're going to do today, let's just do a Fort of the Damned, let's do a Pirate Lord. Let, I don't know, it just it seemed a little bit aimless. But now we have got the self contained tall tales. But we've also got these adventures which are getting people talking more. It's getting people going on investigations. As we saw, people can even fight over whether they wanted to keep Golden Sands destroyed or to bring it back to its former glory. These are all things that get the community engaging with each other. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I... I'm a very strong believer in community and the fact that, um, you know, the community did come together in the end and Golden Sands was saved, it shows how much that outpost in particular and just the story that's tied into it is sort of left an impact on people. I know that personally that's my favourite outpost and I was devastated when I saw it destroyed. Um, I won my Golden Hour sales on that outpost, so <laughs> it was devastating when we, when, the, when we downloaded the update and got on and went and had a look and... It was just destroyed and covered in a green shroud. It's yeah, it was a, it was a rough night. <laughs> so, what do you guys think to the way that Rare have implemented these new adventures to try and bring more community-driven gameplay? I, I think it's a very good idea what Rare has done, simply because the fact is, as you were saying, if you do go to a Fort of the Dam or an Ashen Winds or something, it's going to get very repetitive and there's no new material coming into the game. And on that effect, with the new adventures, um, you're going to get people that have nearly completed the game show more interest back in the game and want to continue and be in the community a lot longer. Yeah, I agree. I was one of them. I'm really interested with this because I've leveled up now. I'm Pirate Lord already, but obviously uh, it's not the same as... Or Pirate Legend, should I say. It's not the same as any of the other things that you can do, which are just generic. It's giving you something to aim for instead. And now that I've pretty much leveled up the only other thing that i had left to do was commendations which yeah. is good but yeah it's not really going to keep you going back day after day after day whereas these adventures there's more to be discovered and i think it's our yearning for more that is going to keep people going back would you agree with that I totally agree because Chrissy and I have had this conversation before. Like, we're nearly getting to the point of accommodations. We're down to very little um, to, to totally complete the game. And we're always looking for more stuff to to, to do. What, what are we going to do when we complete all our comms? Yeah. I think Ozzy and, and I are. Yeah. Ozzy and I are down to. Oh no, I'm only down to a few commendations now. Uh, but you've got like what one order of souls commendation and it's just Athena, Aussie? Uh the Athena, a couple of um, the Megs and then the uh, Vale Voyages. Oh, and a couple of forts. And that's so, it. 
basically, other than the forts, yours are the ones that are dependent on luck more than anything. Yeah, the, the forts and the Vale Voyages, and then the rest are just Megs. And <laughs> yeah. that, white, that white one that doesn't exist. It does not exist. I can. <laughs> People who have that title are paid by Rare, right? Absolutely. Is that what you, do you genuinely believe that? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I one know. of them. I know, that. I know it exists. <laughs> Chrissy's got the title. <laughs> right. Well, what would you like to see being added? A higher spawn rate on the Shredded Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> what about you, Chrissy? What would you actually like to see them do in respect to the game or just adding new adventures? Uh, I would like them to sort of implement more alliance-based stuff, and I know saying that I'm going to get probably some backlash from a few people, but uh, I I love the idea of playing now with other with other people and you know just using that that push the push the talking game and talking with other people and seeing what they're up to and helping them out where like where you can because a lot of people they just they get on and go oh it's my first day I have no idea what I'm doing so you know like now compared to what we what we used to do I I enjoy it going oh we'll take you there you know just follow us and help them out that way sort of thing so like I'd like to see more of that uh where it's sort of not a necessity, but sort of recommended that you go and talk to other crews instead of just walk, like, sail up to them and, and shoot at them and fight them, you know? Yeah. I, do you know what? I would like to see something along them lines where... I know it's down to five ships per server, but I would like to see some kind of servers where you could not do an arena, but... You could have like three ships versus three ships. So a proper team battle, like one alliance versus another. I think yeah. that that would be a good move. And not just on like an arena's match, on a proper full scale, the full scale map. Yeah. What about you, Serge? What would you like to see them add? It might be a personal preference for me, but for the longer sort of voyages when you're on a ship with a crew and haven't really got all that much to do, I'd like to see some form of, like, new activities that you can do on the ship, or maybe, like, board games or mini-games or something that lead toward accommodation, because something that we do when we're on a long voyage is that we grab the 20-sided die emote and we try to guess which number is going to pop up, and whoever gets the number is virtually the legend of the, the session that we do. Uh, it might be just me, but I like um, having some interactability, more interactability with the ship. I agree with that. I think that would be good because sometimes you could be in Devil's Raw and it'll say you need to go to Devil's, uh, you need to go to Golden Sands Outpost, and that's a long sail, especially when you don't see any other ships. It sure is a long sail holding onto that wheel. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'd... And doing the sails and yelling at Chrissy and throwing blunder bombs for not touching the front <laughs> sail. Yeah, so I think mini games would be actually a pretty decent addition to the game. Now, 
we've come to the point where I wanted to give a quick mention to a new upcoming game called Skull and Bones. This is being told as a more realistic naval battle game. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have heard of it. It would be pretty bad if I hadn't heard of it, considering what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is this... Because there's a lot of people saying, oh, this is a Sea of Thieves killer, and I disagree. I don't think it's going to be a Sea of Thieves killer, because Sea of Thieves is completely different. Yeah, so with with the biggest difference I noticed in the gameplay that was leaked of Skull and Bones, but like comparing it to Sea of Thieves is Sea of Thieves has a lot more freedom in that you can meet another crew in Alliance and you have your friends on your crew. Yeah. Now, Skull and Bones is the complete opposite of that. You can Alliance with up to three ships, but you can't have your crew, like your crew is your friends. Like your crew are just NPCs. Yeah. And you are the only pirate on your boat that actually is a person. Yeah, so each person controls everything. Yeah, so you can have it up to a three-ship alliance, but if you wanted to play with two friends, it would be your three ships in an alliance against whoever else was playing. Yeah. And obviously, it's similar in the way of reputation um, and, like, renown uh, experience, that sort of thing. Yeah, earning doubloons and all that and using them to purchase things. The interesting thing I found, and it was quite fun... That they've decided to bring in a concept like this to a game but the crew of your ship the npc crew really relies on you to to be a captain so if you don't have resources on your boat you don't have you know wood to repair you don't have food to feed them or water to give them they'll actually mutiny against you and put you in like they'll like just be really violent towards you um there's actually gameplay clip of it happening um, in the, the footage that was leaked uh, probably about a month and a bit ago. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, so that, that to me was really interesting that they showed that side of it uh, and also showed as well that back then it wasn't easy um, to, to live and have that sort of stuff. So seeing, like, we honest, it's readily available in Sea You can go buy a wood crate. You can go buy a fruit crate. It's not like that in Skull and Bones, and I think that's sort of they've taken the concept out of Assassin's Creed Black Flag with the way of how the ship mechanics work by the look of it and the you know the the general graphic concept of the game is very similar to that of Assassin's Creed Black Flag which I found quite interesting as well yeah I found it very interesting as well because it seems like a more realistic pirate game rather than more community orientated like Sea of Thieves is because Sea of Thieves is a sandbox in the, at the end of the day, but you can alliance, you can join with friends, and you can go out for naval battles, but that's not all it is. Whereas on Skull and Bones and Black Flag, like you say, they are more realistic adaptations of being a pirate and what it was like. So, my question to you three is... Do you think with there being Black Flag and the Pirate Sailing being such a massive hit, because I think that was the first proper game that did pirating, and then Sea of Thieves came out not long after, 
now we've got Skull and Bones. Do you reckon there's going to be an insurgence of pirate games being released? There's always the potential for something like that to happen, but it's it's a very unique kind of crowd. Like you have to have the right things in the game in order to draw the community. Um, and given that you know the community for Sea of Thieves is enormous, and same as the as much the same as the community for Black Flag is still even now. Um, people swear by Black Flag and they will only play that game in the way of pirate games. So it would have to take a very good, you know, top-notch game to, to draw the people away from, from the two games that are, like, at the top of the top of the pyramid, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, for me personally, I would like to see more pirate games because it was only after, like, PUBG was first released and battle royale became a thing that we started to see a lot of people flock into it like they are doing with sea of thieves now and then all of a sudden there is another one and another and another because they think well there is obviously a market for it so let's sort of develop that and now there are a lot of BR games in every single genre that you can think of. There's melee only, there's magic based ones, there's gun based ones, there's even ones like Ball Guys, which is very cartoonish and almost like Squid Game in a sense. There is even a Squid Game game being toted for real people. Obviously, it's not fatal, but there is now a show being made which is Squid Game, and it's 100 people getting whittled down through like green light, red light, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a, a game that's free on Steam as well called Crab Game, and it's literally like Squid Game, but very, very bad graphically. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is quite fun, though, to play. I've, I've played it a bit. Well, it has to be said that currently it has been exponentially getting larger and larger. In Sea of Thieves, the player count at the moment stands at over 15 million registered players. That ranks Sea of Thieves as 67th most popular game on Twitch. And back in July, we had a constant consecutive player base of around 226,000 to 250,000 playing across the globe that's consecutively at any given time now the last time that i knew that to happen around the 200,000 mark was black ops 2 which was at the time the most popular game on the market now years later we are already hitting that with less players on the actual game so i think the popularity of sea of thieves is growing a hell of a lot and these adventures are part and parcel of why and i think there's a lot more players going to be coming to the game how would you dis like give a distinction for any new players that are wanting to try Sea of Thieves, what do you, what advice do you think you should give to them that you wish you already knew when you first started? The one big thing for your hunter's course, 
make sure you sell your gems to the hunter's call i wish i knew that sooner there's one thing i wish i knew sooner. <laughs> yes because you can sell the gems to any of the trading companies that's right and hunter's call is the hardest to level up what about you chrissy there's advice that you could give to any new players coming to see if these what would it be don't be disheartened if you come across a ship and, and get sunk. You know, just talk it over with your crew, discuss what you did, discuss what you did wrong, and grow and, and move on from it and just do better next time. Learn, adapt, and overcome. Yep. That's what they teach you in the army. <laughs> Learn, adapt, overcome. What about you, Serge? Is there anything that you would, any advice you would give newer players? Uh, definitely time your sword lunges well. Sword <laughs> lunging, if you don't know about sword lunging, it's an absolute godsend. It completely changes the game. Yes, it really does. But and, knew- like, even after I learned about sword lunging, I learned sword lunging again when you had to hold your block and then go into a sword lunge and you got maneuverability and you can also jump as well. It's like a completely <laughs> different game all over again. And I only learned that, I think three or four months ago from Chrissy and Aussie. Yeah, and it's a really good tactic as well. It just even for traversal, it makes the game a lot quicker, a lot faster paced. There's been many times Absolutely. I've done it off a cliff into the sea to get back to my boat within the space of ten seconds when previously I'd find myself running down the cliffside so I didn't have to hurt myself, get onto the beach swim across that would take about a minute and a half by which time my sink uh, my so my ship was already sunk but because i did the sword lunge i got back to my ship within 10 seconds and i was already getting myself into a better position so i yeah the sword lunge is something i wish i knew from very get-go instead of going hang on what did you just do then how did you get across that so fast can you show me how you did that? <laughs> Which is what I found myself doing to complete randoms. Right. Now, I just wanted to turn over to... Well, it's going to be for you and... You, Chrissy, and you, Serge. Because, Ozzy, you don't really stream. But I am still going to ask for your advice. Because you do support streamers. And you've seen a lot of streamers. Now, we're going to start with you, Chrissy. When it comes to streaming, there are a lot of people that are wanting to try and make it a career and they're wanting to try and play different games. So, number one, what would you suggest for any new streamers and why would you suggest it? What are the reasons behind it? As in just general advice or... yeah. Like, advice for people that are starting out streaming. Yeah. My biggest piece of advice would be stream for your enjoyment. Uh, don't don't think of the view account. Don't think of, you know, what people want from your stream. Stream what you enjoy. Stream games you want to play. And play them the way you want to play them. Because if you, if you don't enjoy playing the games that you know, you're playing, then your stream's not going to enjoy it. Like... I know when I started streaming Sea of Thieves, like this is the whole reason I started streaming because I really enjoyed Sea of Thieves and I wanted to uh, really promote the game and how I like to play the game. And in doing so, you know, I met Ozzy as... I didn't even meet Ozzy, like, at first either. Like, I met his 
his old crew first and then Ozzy and I just became really really good friends and then it was just Ozzy and Chrissy for forever <laughs> yeah so and, I, and yeah. I've been to your streams your streams are always so lovely you're my kind of streamer and I was saying it to Fuzzy last episode that yeah he came up with a very good point he said, what kind of streamer do you want to watch? And the whole point of Twitch is they don't suggest what you like to watch. They just suggest the highest numbers. So what are you going to do? Go through all of them until you find a streamer that you like? No, of course not. It just, you could go through thousands of streamers and not find someone who is like you. So you're not going to really get on with that. So what should you do? Well, the whole point is to stream in the sense of whatever you do on stream should be what you think you would like to see. Because if you would like to see it, I guarantee other people would too. So would you say that's sound advice? Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, you're a perfect example of that game, so you were very unsure about Sea of Thieves and, you know, you are very on the edge and then Pixie's like, oh, have you have you watched Empress Chrissy before? And you're like, who's she? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which led to you, you know, getting into the game and, and where you are now, you know, falling in love with it. and Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I set out to do when I started streaming. Yeah, and it... Well, it's come full circle for you then, because the whole point of you starting the stream on Sea of Thieves is what enabled me to check it out and go, yeah, I really want to try this now. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not streaming to to make it a career or anything like that. I, I, I wouldn't have got through, uh, you know, not to open the can of worms, but I wouldn't have got through um, the the last two years without without my stream because when we didn't have that you know, that opportunity for person-to-person contact or anything like that. It was, you know, it was very, it was a hard time for everyone. So having the stream and having the community behind you was just an, an amazing feeling and you didn't feel so alone. And what about you, Serge? What's your method when you click that button that says go live? What is your aim when you're streaming and what advice would you give for newer streamers that are just starting out? I would have to agree with an awful lot of points that Chrissy brought up, but it's definitely, you have to have a passion for what you're doing, but you don't want this passion to kind of feel like a job. You you want to have the freedom to be yourself, but don't feel that you need to impress everyone because everyone has their own niche and a cut out piece that they want from the internet and eventually the right people are just going to fall into your lap anyway and in my experience personally in the past two two and a half years i've met some of the most wholesome and genuine people in all of my life that i probably would never have the opportunity to meet elsewhere and i'm thankful every day because it's no longer uh even feeling the passion anymore it's like hanging out with your friends all at once and when they're stopping you get excited you ask them how they're doing and it's a really great way to build a community there's a lot of synergy between streamers especially everyone supporting each other and for me personally it's 
been the best things I've ever done, period. Yeah, I agree. I love the fact that, unlike any other medium, when I'm streaming, I can have that real-time kind of, well, as close to real-time as you're going to get, kind of conversation with the viewers. So you can engage with the viewers rather than... Absolutely. Like, new, even news platforms say, well, we had Sandra from Tennessee giving us a message, and then they'll read it out, and they'll talk about it, or they can have the occasional person phoning in. But when it comes to streaming, you've got a full group of people right there in your stream that you can interact with real time and discuss and they get to know you, you get to know them. I've got regular viewers that come back to my streams time after time after time. And I've been fortunate over these past few streams to have bitties and like subs and stuff like that. But recently I've also had streams where I've received no bitties, no donations, nothing. And I've considered it to be one of the best streams that I've ever had because of the interactions with my viewers. And you don't get that anywhere else. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And on the advice part as well, uh, my advice to anyone who's even thinking about streaming is have faith in yourself. Because you might think yeah. for a moment, like, who's going to want to watch my corner of the internet or why would I do this at all? But seriously, have faith in yourself and know that the more you trust in yourself to take that step, the more you'll be rewarded. The more you put in, the more you get out. That's exactly how it is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So what what is your method? You know, when you hit that go live button, what is your goal? What do you set out to do for that individual stream every time? Uh, it's kind of a small thing, but what I do to motivate my streams is I try to have an opportunity where I can create a great joke. If there's like one clip-worthy potential moment in there where there's a stupid joke, whether it's just for me or for the audience, as long as there's one joke that I can laugh at myself, then I consider that a job well done because that shows that I've had a really good time. Yeah. I th I think that's an awesome way of doing it. And Chrissy, what about you? What do you set out? Because obviously you said you do it for the passion, for the love of doing it. And I think every streamer out there has a different mentality and different reasons for streaming in them in their general idea. For me, it's a passion. I love gaming, and I love interacting with people. I am a people person. I like. Well, everyone keep, recently keeps calling me very empathetic, so I, I just like helping people, and this is the platform that I use to do so. So, I would be gaming anyway. I don't see it as a big leap to stream it and help people at the same time, and that gives me a really good you know, feeling. So, what is your aim when you click Go Live? My aim is to, it's not even really for me to, you know, of course I want to have a good time, but, you know, if I can make one person in chat happy, you know, whether that be just by making them laugh, by doing something completely stupid, or by getting sent off the boat because I'm AFK, 
which happens all the time. <laughs> Doesn't it, boys? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Chrissy? <laughs> we didn't see nothing. I come back and I'm uh, in the water and all dead on the ferry most of the time. <laughs> it was um, a Meg. <laughs> it was definitely, definitely a Meg. Yeah, uh, no, a Kraken like, came whether... up with one tentacle and slapped you. Yeah, just just me off the boat. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, making someone laugh or just genuinely making someone who's had a rough day, you know, making them smile, um, whether it be through my gameplay or even my point redeems. Like my tarot card redeem is my most used point redeem since I've put it in, like to date. Yeah, I do. So. The same. And going back to what you said, Serge, uh, I've got Gamester Against Humanity and Gamester Against Disney. That's my redeem for me drawing just two random cards out of my Cards Against Humanity and Cards Against Disney. And sometimes they're just weird. Other times they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it just, it's a nice little, uh, a nice little joke time to do but i also have games to tell us a story where that's my favorite <laughs> they tell us a story yeah tell us a story is my favorite one of yours <laughs> I, that seems to go down really well as well it gives the people the option to say tell us a story about and then give me a subject and i'll tell you a story from my own life and it's just a way to enable my viewers to get to know me a little bit better as well. So, Ozzy, you don't stream, but you are a big advocate of streamers. So now we've had the views from people who do stream and what they've set out to do. I want to hear from you what you think makes a good stream and why you keep going back. But first, I just wanted to say a quick mention to Chrissy. That there hasn't been a single time I've come into your streams where you haven't made me laugh or giggle or smile. So you are hitting your goal. I just wanted but to make sure. all those streams are worth it. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. So, Ozzy, what do you think makes a good, successful stream? Uh, pretty much what Chrissy said as well. Like, you got to make sure you enjoy playing whatever game you want to play and stream. Um, it's no good playing a game just to try and get more ratings because you're not going to enjoy it and the chat will pick up on it that you're not enjoying the game and you, you're not liking it. So definitely stick with something you like to play would, would be my uh, biggest factor. Um, personally, I will go watch streamers of whatever game that I may be interested in just to learn about the game alone. Yeah, and you'll and you'll find if you're streaming, say Sea of Thieves, and somebody else is streaming Sea of Thieves that doesn't even know you, they will probably end up end up raiding you, and you'll get your viewers through through raids. Yeah, kind of thing. And um, so yeah, bigger thing. Make sure you enjoy what you play. Is there any other? advice that you can give someone from a viewer's perspective so advice to say if you're starting out streaming don't do this it will put your viewers off be happy be positive about about what you're streaming um have knowledge of of the game that you're streaming because as i said 
I'll go watch a streamer to, to learn about the game. So if you know information about the game that you're playing and can give that to, to your viewers, that would be very, very helpful. Yeah. Well, when it comes to people like Fuzzy, I found his YouTube videos and then I went to go over to his stream simply because he said, if you want some live tutorials, you can do so. So do you think that's a good idea? Oh, absolutely. If you've got your uh, YouTube going as well and you can put tips and tricks in that in that sense as well, would be uh, very useful, definitely. Well, I think that's some sound advice. So, when you're looking for a, a streamer that's new, that you don't know, what is your goal in finding someone that you like? What is it that you look for more than just wanting to learn about something? I mean, as a streamer, as a person. Um, is it the positivity part of it? The positivity and entertainment. I mean, if you can go watch somebody and you can get a giggle out of it or, or something uh, entertaining, you're going to go come back and watch that streamer again to, to see more. Well, here's a question that I think a lot of people would want to know the answer to myself included is there any point to having the best setup or the best like look or a camera or anything like that or do you just go simply for the person and the gameplay uh, personally it'd be the um the, the the gameplay i would say um Obviously, not everyone can afford the best camera to start off with. Um, and I know a lot of streamers that I've watched didn't even have a camera when they first started. And they've, they've built their, their way up, up the ranks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, Chrissy and Serge, one last question to you regarding your streams. When you think back to all of the different streams that you've done, what do you consider is a successful stream so when you end your stream you raid out or when you just stop the stream when is it a time where you think that was a great stream i'm happy with that one and what is it that you achieved to get you feeling like that I think for me personally, it's, you know, at the start of the stream, you, you set out to, to do something. You don't really start streaming and go, oh, I don't know what we want to do tonight. So for, for us, when we, when we stream CFDs especially, there's always, you know, we're going to be doing Athena or we're going to be doing Reefing tonight. It's never usually a case of, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens, you know? Yeah. There's the occasional trash collecting nights, which we've been enjoying of late, but mostly... Uh, we have a plan. <laughs> so what's um, like yeah. what's like your your favourite stream from your past that you've done that you think, yeah, I fucking nailed that. Uh, I think you'll probably all agree with me when I say that was my twenty four hour starlight stream last year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was probably the most fulfilment I've ever I've I've never had such a great stream and the fact that i met first i made it the 24 hours that was 
a shocker, actually. Yeah, um, you struggled towards the end, though. <laughs> I did, I did. I struggled when everyone went to bed and I was alone for those few hours in the early morning. I was, I was borderline, you know, going, okay, I'm going to end this and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't. I, I toughed it out and Snake came to the rescue at like 4am and kept me company until, uh, until, I think, Ozzy, you came back, didn't you, in the morning? Yeah, so I think I did. Saturday. Um, yeah. And, you know, just having, again, the community, you know, Snake came in and saw I was struggling and said, hey, do you want some company? Um, so, you know, just little bits, little things like that really make it worthwhile and seeing your community back you and, you know, smashing goals. It's sort of, it's a one of a kind experience. And I think that like that stream being the first big stream that I'd ever done and the success that it was is sort of fueled my, in you know, my passion and wants me and makes me want to keep going with streaming. I think you nailed it. I was fortunately enough. I was there watching over Pixie's shoulder at the start. And then I was there and I was able to donate to you at the end. I was so delirious when you did that. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to you keep like, saying, please check your chat. <laughs> I, I just did. I went, no, scroll up. <laughs> gamester thank you yeah i will never forget that because i felt so silly when i realized what i've missed um but there there will be and no one really knows this yet but there will be another 24 hour stream coming up in Ooh. august you heard also, it here first people starlight exclusive so, <laughs> it will be another starlight fundraiser for starlight week um to to help the kids that need it the most and that's an amazing cause as well and what about you Serge what is the one stream from your past that you did and what was it that you did that just made you think at the end yeah I nailed it it was also a 24 hour stream on my heart behalf um I've done a series of 24-hour streams, 24 hours, 36 hours. I think I did a 48-hour at one point, which had me absolutely delirious by the end of it. But 48 feeling, hours? Uh, 48 hours straight. Oh. <laughs> um, trust me, it's, uh, you got to prepare yourself for an event like that. But uh, to say that I absolutely nailed it was when uh, I got to the end of my 24 hours and all of chat wanted me to play toss a coin to your witcher on guitar to end out the stream because we did that at the 12 hour mark and great song to know a beautiful song and to see the community all being together over something that i'm passionate about and they're passionate about too and close out on song we all love that i think was the pinnacle moment where i was like i'm never gonna stop doing this i can't it's it's too fun i think that yeah. was like pre-mod days like before I was a mod for you. I remember being there for that though. Yeah, no, that was when my setup was in my old room. Um, probably a good nine, ten months, maybe even a year ago from today. But yeah, uh, from that moment, I knew that I had a developed passion for this and I never want to let it go. For me personally, I, I can't pinpoint one particular stream because it happens every now and again but I consider my most successful streams always to be the ones where 
I help somebody and I know that sounds proper soppy and everything but it's the ones where I get people coming in and they'll ch they say you shouldn't ever bring the mood down or anything but I can't not see somebody who's struggling and not try and reach out and help and I've had people coming into my streams and saying look I, I'm having this happening and this is happening and I'm really struggling and I've reached out to them and we've talked and by the end of the stream they've said Gamester this stream has been amazing for me I was feeling suicidal or I was really down in the dumps but you cheered me right up and then I've spoken to them after it as well so after I end the stream I've been like I did a good thing today and then I've spoken to them weeks later and they've said look what that stream you did for me where you talked to me has enabled me and give me the strength that I needed to turn everything round and now I'm doing this, this and this and I feel so much better. That for me is I wouldn't want to ever call myself an influencer or anything like that but I, I suppose in a way you can say you're influencing people to do better but that for me is the pinnacle being able to help people when they're going through a tough time is just yeah that is what i consider to be a successful stream and when i managed to do that i leave the stream thinking i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and that's a really great feeling for me so yeah i think that's some great answers for anyone who does want to reach out who wants to get in contact with Ozzy, Chrissy or Serge or myself if you're starting out on your stream you want any advice or you just want to have a chat then I'm going to leave all the links that you need for the socials and streams in the description of this podcast go down check them out and for the information on Sea of Thieves, I'm going to leave the links down there as well, including the Skull of Bones ones. But that is bringing us to the end of the podcast. I've got to say, before we get on to the penultimate section, Ozzy, Chrissy, Serge, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and getting your views and opinions on Sea of Thieves, streaming and a lot. So thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. It's been Thank awesome you for to be having back. us. <laughs> Thank you, Gamster. It's been a pleasure. I love doing these podcasts for that exact reason because it's just it's fun for me, and that's the whole point. What you were saying earlier, Ozzy, you've got to do something that you enjoy doing, otherwise it will come across and people will not going to gravitate towards it. They're not going to like it. No one wants yeah, to see a streamer that's raging down the mic all the time, do they? So, yeah, thank you. Now, the penultimate section is, of course, Chrissy knows this, it's the shout-outs. This is the section where you can give one or two people a quick shout-out if you think that they deserve some more love, some more appreciation, and more viewers if they stream, 
more viewers if they are on YouTube or if you think they just deserve a little bit of appreciation for what they do. Now, of course, we're going to go with you, Chrissy, because you're the returning guest. Who would you like to give a shout out to and why? Ooh, I didn't even look at shout outs. Um, actually, I'm going to give Devalorine a shout out. We haven't seen Dava for a little bit. Um, but we ran into to Dava on Sea of Thieves. Um, he's an amazing content creator. He enjoys what we enjoy out of the game. Uh, he enjoys the the authentic player experiences. I remember the first time they came up to us. I I think I was dead on the ferry at the time, but the it was Dava and Brookie Monster ranted us at Reaper's Hideout, standing on the front of their ship with the keg. And just wanted to just straighten our boat. <laughs> it didn't work. They sunk. <laughs> but they, they got on our boat and we just got talking. And they ended up just hanging out for like an hour or so. Um, so yeah, Dava. I want to give Dava a shout out. Okay. On, anyone uh, else? Uh, I mean, well, Surge, of course. <laughs> He's already going to be linked <laughs> in the description. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I think that's I think that's all I got. All right, Ozzy, what about you? I'm going to give my shout out to Fluffy Edge. Um, every time you go into her stream, it's always happy, and her smile is just unbelievable. It's worth checking out if you have never seen Fluffy Edge. I haven't, but I love the name, <laughs> so I'm going to check her out. Anyone else? <laughs> Um, this fluffy, thank you. Yeah, I was about to say fluffy edge as well because <laughs> she really does have a lovely smile. But uh, another creator that I'd like to shout out is Camping X Snake. He's a fantastic. We mentioned him just before. He's a fantastic role player streamer. Uh, we've had the pleasure of sailing with him before. Absolutely fantastic, Dansworth guy, and I'm sure you guys will love him. Okay. I'm going to give just two shout-outs, but it's my usual two, so, yeah. It's going to be Pixie, my lovely missus, and it's going to be Thitherleech. Nick, he's, yeah, he's had to have a bit of time off because he's been run ragged. He's got three kids, a full-time job, and he streams as well. And, yeah, he just he works so hard that guy deserves all the credit in the world for what he does. We love Nick. Yeah, he's just a genuinely decent guy. And there hasn't been a single time I have been into his streams where I've not been laughing. Not one. And I absolutely love him for it. He just... Yeah, go and check Nick out. He doesn't stream as much as he probably wants to. But he's a great guy. And I genuinely believe you'll like his content. But that's it. That's come to the end of the podcast. If you want to get in contact, ask a question, tell a story or anything like that. As you know, you can simply get in contact by emailing wertgf at gmail.com. That's wertgf, all as one word. 
at gmail.com or you can click the link and send us an audio message that we will play on the next episode. Finally, I just wanted to say another thank you to all three of you for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been awesome to be here. You're welcome. As always. And thank you very can't much. can't believe we finally got Ozzy on here. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> the twisty's arm a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, Ozzy, I've got to say, mate, there is always people that know of you and never get to proper have a full in-depth conversation with you. So I know there's going to be people out there that listen to this that are loving this podcast. I'm much appreciated for giving me that opportunity. And I just for you, Chrissy and Ozzy, I just wanted to give an extra little thank you for doing such a heartfelt, brilliant stream for my little girl on her birthday. <laughs> that was amazing, and she was so happy, like really happy about it. Because she loved Captain lo- Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> She loves playing Sea of Thieves with me, but getting to play with Chrissy, especially, and Ozzy, she loves you both. So, thank you. Now, until next... No problem at all. Until next time, my friends, thank you for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a special Beat Saber podcast episode. And we might even be reading out the answers from a very, very special guest. So, watch this space for updates. Follow me on socials if you want to check all of that out. I will be giving you some other hints, shall we say, closer to the date. Now, until next time, I'm going to bid all you lovely fuckers out there a fond farewell. Say thank you very much for being here. And we will see you all in the next one.